Thank you for turning on the Bar Review Podcast. My name is Jake, and this is a show where I get drunk and I tell you about the law. Today I am drinking a white Russian because the dude abides. And today's topic is how to make a will and the importance of making a will. You'll find this under property law, and there you'll find that a will is valid as long as there is testamentary capacity, testamentary intent, and compliance with the relevant Wills Act formalities. And a note before we get into this mess is you being in a will doesn't mean jack shit until that person dies. Because the will is not effective until the death of the testator means the person who made the damn thing. And so you don't have any future interest to whatever the fuck he left you. So let's get into the meat and potatoes of this fucking thing. Capacity. It's going to start messy, but it gets easier as we go. That's what she said? You have legal capacity, so you got to be 18 years or older or subject to the military marriage exception. And you have actual capacity. And this is testing of the sound mind of a person at the time of execution. So the person needs to understand the nature and extent of their property, the natural objects of their bounty, the blood relatives, so to speak, the disposition that they're making of their property, and capable of understanding all of those things together to form an orderly desire regarding the disposition. And to couple with capacity is it needs to not be subject to a fucking defect. By defect, I don't mean that you watch anime. Something may be wrong with you, but it's not a legal defect. I mean an insane delusion or undue influence. And insane delusions are things that influence the disposition and rebuts the presumption that you are sane. Undue influence is proven by showing that you are susceptible to influence, the influencer had motive, they had opportunity, and the causation, meaning that the disposition wouldn't have actually happened but for that undue influence. And then we're gonna move on to the second thing that you need to make a will, which is testamentary intent. It's way more simple. You must intend to this to be the testamentary disposition of your shit. Not like a draft or a brainstorm of like what you would want to happen to your shit, but needs to be the actual fucking thing. Not like the O.J. Simpson book, If I Did It. It needs to be the firm declaration that this document or documents will be used to distribute your shit when you die. And the last one is it needs to comply with the Wills Act formalities. And your state may be different from my state, so we're going to keep it kind of general. And it's similar to the statute of frauds that we talked about in episode two, but way fucking worse. You need an attested will, which means that you need a will in writing. It needs to be signed. And keep in mind, it's signed by the testator or by someone in his presence and direction. So he can order someone to sign. And some jurisdictions say that the order of people who sign actually fucking matters. Some say that the testator signs first and then the attestating people sign next. Others say it's fine as long as it's in one kind of transaction. And so keeping by what I mean by attesting to people is that there's witnesses there who sign after the testator. So the witnesses must be present at the will signing and sign it with their signatures. And what does being present mean? 
Well, the majority says that they need to be within the eye shot of the testator signing the will. And then there's some jurisdictions say that if you're in the constructive presence of the person, it's fine. But what the fuck does that mean? It means that you're in the general area. Like you and the other person are in different rooms, but you can still hear each other and you're constructively, so to speak, in each other's presence. To really simplify this is to understand the point of attestation and it's to validate and sign on to the testator's capacity. You saw them sign, you're vouching for them and what their will and disposition of property will signify. But I'm gonna throw a little monkey wrench in here, people, because we got disinterested signers. Historically, a will was void when the signers who attested to the will actually got something out of the will. They didn't count towards it. But the Universal Probate Code doesn't give a fuck about that. So if you go by the UPC, then you're good to go, Glen Coco. And let's get to the exceptions, but not really portion. We got holographic wills, which not all states do. So again, Google that shit. Holographic wills are written in the testator's own handwriting, signed, and show the expression of the testator's intent. So there's a case where a dude got stuck on a fucking tractor and he was gonna die. So he takes a pocket knife and he hand writes it, so to speak, in the like bumper of the fucking tractor. He signs his name and gives everything to his wife whatever it's so sad but that counts as a holographic will it's in his handwriting it's signed it's the expression of his intent before that dude fucking died how hardcore is that so what happens if you don't make a will well your shit gets distributed by what's called intestate succession which means that the government comes in and follows a predestined plan of where your shit will end up doesn't that sound awful then make a fucking will you goddamn morons so let's jump into some examples. We got Superman. He's done fighting with Doomsday all across Metropolis. When he realizes his time has come to cross the Rainbow Bridge, he crawls into an alleyway where he finds a piece of chalk and he writes out, all of my shit goes to Lois Lane. And then he signs on the brick wall. Does Superman have a valid will? Well, he does if the state of Metropolis or wherever fuck Metropolis is goes by the holographic will statute because it's an expression of his intent as a testator. It's in his handwriting and he fucking signed it. Number two, we got Little Bo Peep. She's 90 years old and has polio. She has drafted a will that distributes her property to three grandchildren. She's on her deathbed. She's sound of mind and she signs the will with her family all around her. Her three grandchildren also sign the will as witnesses, and Little Bo Peep's last words being, Star Trek The Next Generation is the best iteration of Star Trek. Ah! And then she dies. Well, her grandchildren want to collect the property through the probate court, but there's a problem. What's the problem? Bo Peep was sound of mind. She was preaching the truth straight to the end, that TNG was the best goddamn iteration of Star Trek ever made. Two, she had testamentary intent that her will would be used to distribute her property after her mic drop at the end of the road. She wasn't unduly influenced or had any insane delusions, but what about the statutory requirements of the will? It's in a writing, she signed it first, and then she had three witnesses sign the damn thing. Well, it hinges on whether this jurisdiction stands on the disinterested witnesses fucking thing. If they care about it, then it's void because all three of those witnesses were all takers under the will, they don't count towards this shit. But if they don't care about it, like in a UPC jurisdiction, it's all fine and fucking dandy, and they get their VH copies of Star Trek The Next Generation. Number three, 
We got little old lady. She's dying in a bed. And Lex Luthor is at her fucking bedside, whispering sweet nothings into her ear about how he should be given everything in her will. She's not really sure about what's going on, but she signs it saying, Lex Luthor gets everything. Get fucked, family members. And then he gets it signed by 16 disinterested witnesses. After the little old lady kicks the fucking bucket, can Lex probate that will? Nah, brah! But why nah, brah? Because Lex clearly had undue influence on this old lady's will. But what do you have to prove? Remember, the testator was susceptible to influence, which she was. She didn't know what was going on on her deathbed. Lex was French kissing her fucking ear. Two, the influencer had motive. And historically, Lex Luthor is evil. And while you couldn't admit his past evils against him as proof of committing the crime here today because of FRE 404B, you could admit that to prove motive or plan. We'll get there, guys. Don't worry. And number three, opportunity. He was by her side and he got into a position of influence on this poor lady. And causation. We got to prove four, causation. This is satisfied because she followed his suggestions and completely changed her will specifically because of Lex's actions. So we got some undue influence here, folks. Lex would have to pay the restitution, meaning all the money that he got, all the way back to the rightful owner through a constructive trust. So let's find a way to study it. You gotta have three mental things, and then one official thing, meaning that you just need mental capacity, the intent to make a will, and the absence of all that crazy shit like insane delusions and undue influence, and the official thing being all the statutory formalities of a will. And you may think this all sounds real fucking messy, but you don't know fucking messy until you don't make a will and your shit has to be distributed by an interstate secession plan. Cause fuck that bullshit and we'll get there next fucking week. So thanks for joining me today on this episode of the Bar Review Podcast. I've been drinking a white Russian. I'm Jake and that shit was the law.